Hey there, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for joining us on The Great Exchange, a podcast dedicated to looking at the world through gospel glasses. My name is Maddie, and yet another episode of me by myself in my office. (laughs) It's good to be coming to you again. I'm really excited for another episode. And this is just another topic that I wanted to bring up for your consideration, just as we did... um, in the past episode where it was just me talking about whether or not you could be pro-life and also pro-death penalty, I thought it was important to revisit a blog article that I wrote on The Great Exchange. It was also shared at CCBR's website as well. Um, And this article dates back to March 30, 2020. So, It dates back to the very beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic in North America. Obviously, as some more information comes out, we know that COVID-19 was spreading and um, present even as far back as November 2019. But it, it really kind of dropped on us here in Canada anyway. Uh, in March of 2020. And since then, I'm now in May in 2021, we have been experiencing some form of sort of rolling lockdown. Now, in Winnipeg, we were really, uh, in Manitoba as a whole, we were really spared a significant first wave. But since uh, October 2020, we have gone from orange to various shades of red and since November of 2020 we've been in some sort of restricted lockdown in the critical red zone and I wanted to take time to now that we're almost 16 months after the fact we're, we're 15 months after the fact we're getting up, we're coming on our 16th month here I wanted to reflect on this blog that I wrote back then in March 30th of 2020 and it's simply titled COVID-19 and limits of bodily autonomy so it's really the COVID-19 analogy as it is applied to the abortion debate and what I argued in this piece which you can check out at the great exchange.ca COVID-19 and limits of bodily autonomy you can just also type that in the search uh, bar COVID-19 it'll come up it's also uh, in under Maddie's heading for the blog page as well and the basis basic thrust of the article is a global pandemic offers us an opportunity to rethink our values. And that is really what I argued. I said, interestingly enough, this global pandemic has also revealed the way that human beings think, what we prioritize in times of peril. During crises, our moral intuitions seem to become all the more clear. Things that we forget in times of weal become all the more concrete in times of woe. 
you might be asking, what does any of this have to do with the abortion question? And it's precisely this. When doing activism, when me or my colleagues, no matter who we are, no matter where we are in Canada or pro-life colleagues around the world, one of the most oft-parroted phrases that we hear when we're out in the streets from abortion advocates is the very common pro-abortion trope, the common refrain, my body, my choice. Pro-aborts argue that since the baby is inside the mother, all bets are off. And this argument has been used by many as the pro-choicers trump card. Most insidiously, those who promulgate this argument even suggest that bodily autonomy makes the humanity of the preborn, which is a scientific fact, irrelevant to the abortion debate. Bodily autonomy is, to the pro-abort, an absolute paradigmatic belief. But here is the rub, and here is what I tried to highlight by pointing out the reality of the situation. Is through this viral pandemic, civil, medical, and social authorities have urged people to stay home. As I've made mention, in Manitoba, we've had some sort of lockdown placed upon us since November of 2020. It is May, the end of May 2021. That means we've been in heavy lockdown to one degree or another for coming on eight months. That's radical. But regardless of what you feel about lockdowns, what is the principle that lays beneath this idea that we have to quarantine or social distance or wear masks or get vaccines? Some have even suggested mandatory vaccines. All of this is being demanded for the well-being of ourselves and our neighbors. We have a moral obligation, we're told, to forego our bodily autonomy that we may not endanger our neighbor's health, whether intentionally or unintentionally. I pointed it out in my argument, even the mere suggestion early on that we should go beyond single factor analysis, that we should weigh the devastating effects of the lockdowns with the deadliness of COVID-19, even mere suggestions of that nature had people crying and recoiling in moral indignation. How could you even talk about it? How could you be so callous? Do you want to kill grandma? Are you a moral idiot? 
saving one life is worth any economic hardships that we may face in the present. Do you see where I'm going with this? You don't say. Given all this hue and cry, given the fact that in our country, provincial authorities have steamrolled all our basic fundamental human rights as Canadian citizens and as human beings to mitigate the spread of COVID-19. They've used all their power to stop the transmission of this disease. And they've demanded of people to give up their bodily autonomy and to restrict their lives in pretty serious ways, ways that we've never, ever, ever, ever seen in the history of our country. In the history of British common law, we've never faced something like this. So all of this hue and cry, all of this, these measures have been put in place. It's easy that for one to come to the impression that this principle, that this temporary suspension of bodily autonomy for the betterment of those who are the most vulnerable in our society is a virtue. Whoa, what a crazy, what a crazy principle. We have a moral duty to persevere through difficult circumstances, mental, physical, economic, for the sake of our neighbor's well-being. Amen. That's what we argue as pro-life activists day in and day out. It's amazing, as I say in the article, how pro-life people become during this pandemic. Yet, despite this, abortion remains essential in our nation. And it has throughout the pandemic. Doesn't that expose a cultural schizophrenia that attends and surrounds our culture of death? The very people who argue that they should be able to kill their preborn children, nay, that it's essential because they are free to do what they want with their own bodies, are the very same people who are the quickest to cry for lockdown, mandatory uh, masks, mandatory vaccines. They're the very people who are demanding that individuals have the moral obligation to forego their own right to bodily autonomy for the health of another. And as I conclude in my original article, if bodily autonomy is an absolute right, then one ought to go about their life during this pandemic unabated. If it isn't, then apparently bodily autonomy is not an absolute right. 
and the pro-aborts trump card is nothing but a cynical ploy to kill vulnerable pre-born children unabated this is an argument i made in march 30 2020 we now are in may the end of may 2021 and what have we learned in that time well the force and the weight of this argument has only been increased Right? Do we understand that? And the length of time that we've been in lockdown, we've been in some sort of lockdown for 15 months now. We've been in severe, strict lockdowns in Manitoba for something like eight months. That's almost the gestational time of a preborn human being. Do you see where I'm going with this? For a disease that we know kills less than one half of 1% of individuals in the world, that's the mortality rate. For a disease that, as we see case numbers go up, it's looking like the infection fatality rate keeps going down and it's more like two to one and a half percent of people who are infected with COVID and it's specifically elderly people who are the most vulnerable or those with comorbidities, uh, diabetes, uh, overweight, stuff like that. If we know that this disease is only that deadly and we've taken these strong measures for now 15 months, or if you want to talk about strict lockdowns for eight months. Because again, the principle is we have a moral obligation to suspend our bodily autonomy for the sake of the health and life of others. How much more responsible would we be if there was a 100% chance that if we did not do so, human beings would die. Wouldn't it be demanded that we never leave our homes? That we, if we are going to, we only do so in hazmat suits? Wouldn't it be mandatory that we have to get vaccinated, again, suspending our bodily autonomy for the sake of other people? Of course it would be. We're doing it for a virus that kills less than one half of 1% of people. But in the case like abortion, where the failure to suspend one's bodily autonomy for a period of time that is roughly the exact same as the strict lockdowns that we've been under in Manitoba, and certainly less than these rolling lockdowns this period above 15 months. How much more critical is it that people suspend their bodily autonomy when it means saving the life of a preborn child? 
this is an addendum to my original argument. Do you understand that bodily autonomy is not an absolute right? And certainly it doesn't apply when we consider the fact that the body that's in a woman's body is not her body. It's another human being's body. But even if we're going to go down that path of bodily autonomy, what we've seen throughout this pandemic is the responsibility of people to suspend their bodily autonomy for the sake of others, for the lives of others. How much more is that true when failure to do so means the certain death of another? And not just any other. Right? So many people have gone on with these lockdowns because I don't want to kill grandma. I don't want to kill a loved one. I would hate to give it on to somebody I loved. Well, in the case of abortion, it's not just anything. It's a child. How much more should we be willing to love and care for and suspend our own personal autonomy for the sake of our child. Whole, distinct, developing in that womb. Oh, how much more are we responsible for that life? Now, it's not a perfect analogy in the sense that Abortion's even worse than unwittingly passing on a virus to somebody. No, it's the direct and intentional killing of an innocent human being. I don't want that to be lost on you. And I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that we have proven as a culture that there are certain circumstances in which suspending bodily autonomy is appropriate for the health and life of another. And what that does to the pro-lifers trump card of radical bodily autonomy is flushes it down the toilet. Now as Christians, zooming out a little bit, outside of this analogy, we are not autonomous. Autonomous, self-law, we are not laws unto ourselves. Read the scriptures. How many times does God condemn lawlessness? Men becoming a law unto themselves, doing what is right in their own eyes. It's the very reason he flooded the entire earth in the days of Noah. We're not autonomous beings, but we are beings who have the responsibility to steward our lives and our bodies and act as God's vicegerents in a way that is congruent with his law. Therefore, 
With that in mind, we cannot use our body to hurt others' bodies, no matter how small, no matter their location, no matter their environment, no matter their level of dependency or their level of development. We must not kill innocent human beings. We have a duty under the commandment, thou shall not murder, to uphold the life of others. And this certainly applies in the case of abortion. Regardless of what you feel about lockdowns and their prudence and their effectiveness, we've talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast. What is certain is we have proven through this pandemic that everybody believes there's certain circumstances where we need to sacrifice our own bodily autonomy for the health and life of another, especially if failure to do those do that means certain death for that other living human being. It's something I want you to keep in mind. It's something that's been on my heart and mind, and I'm glad to share it with you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, we have some really cool stuff going on. We are redoing our website. We are creating a membership tier that for a really small amount of money each month, uh, you can join our team. You can be a part of what we're doing at The Great Exchange. We have some wonderful merchandise so you can reform your closet. Definitely check it out, thegreatexchange.ca. We'll be rolling out new stuff um, over the course of the next few months. So so really stay tuned. Uh, keep tuning into the program. Keep checking um, on the website. And y- you'll want to be a part of the community we're creating because we'll have a specific web page set up for it um, with which is like an exclusive community page we'll have some wonderful welcome packages some free merchandise and some some ability to have discounts off future merchandise through coupon codes etc and you also get entered into win our monthly uh, giveaways by being a member of of our of what we're doing here so definitely join with us in our ministry we are super blessed to have some faithful listeners and we just would would pray that you would join us in that and we thank you all for tuning in and and listening and i hope you enjoyed this podcast another maddie rants um where we can just discuss some of these things um and think clearly through really really important issues um so we can look at the world through gospel glasses that is our prerogative on the program we thank you so much for tuning in and as we say at the end of every podcast it is finished god bless
Do you love listening to The Great Exchange? You can subscribe to our podcast on any one of these podcast platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts, and have two engaging episodes delivered to your mobile device each week. Our midweek message covers a myriad of topics and teaches us to look at them all through gospel glasses. And our Scripture Saturday episode is just that, an opportunity to study the Bible one passage of Scripture at a time. Miss an episode? Visit our website, thegreatexchange.ca, and you will find the complete back catalog of our episodes. And don't be shy. We love to hear from you, our listeners. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram, or if you're not social media savvy, send us an email to thegreatexchangepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all for joining in our ministry as we help you look at the world through gospel glasses.